I got friends, only wanna talk business. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I got expensive, cause when is expensive. I've been out of work. And welcome to Shut That Coffee Down, the freight sales show for closers here on Freight Waves TV. Hope everyone's doing great. Uh, a lot of news out there with bankruptcies, with, with yellow and the, the chaos. Uh, maybe a little bit of a turn in the, the freight market. Who knows? Regardless, though, it's always time to, to get out there, hustle, make some sales, make some margin, make those commission checks. And that's what we talked about here on put that coffee down we're going to talk about cross-border today we're going to talk about te- south texas and border crossings and reshoring nearshoring uh, again I, I did that with igl uh, a few weeks ago you can catch that on the audio version of put that coffee down uh, i have a couple other uh episodes out uh dr mark Minera from supply chain fitness we talked about trucker health uh, we published that out last friday and um, from last week, I was on location with Hiram Hartnett over at Pegasus Logistics. So you can check out those those back episodes on YouTube and wherever you download your podcasts at Put That Coffee Down or Freight Cats. Um, but today we're going to talk to, to Teclo Garcia. He's the CEO of Mission Economic Development Corporation uh, down in South Texas in the Valley. He used to be with the city of Laredo. Um, but he's uh, back to his roots, so we will check in and see what the activity is on the border and how everything's going. And, you know, Teclo is a busy guy. He's always doing something. Right now he's driving. How are you doing, Teclo? Uh, I'm doing great, Kevin. Thank you for having me on, as usual. I appreciate it. I am riding today. My wife is driving, uh, but uh, we're, we're on the road. We're actually on I-20 right now, getting close to crossing the Mississippi River. Oh, nice. Nice. So you head east of the Mississippi? Yes. Uh, I have a son who is in the uh, U.S. Army, and he's graduating from his basic training, and we're going to go check him out. Long way from mission, but it's certainly worth going to, huh? That is definitely worth going to. Where's the uh, destination on that? It would be uh, Columbia, South Carolina, Fort, uh, Fort Jackson. Fort Jackson. Very good. You have a long drive ahead of you right now, don't you? Um mm-hmm. But well worth it. Well worth it. Congratulations. Tell your son congrats as as well. Um, Thank so, you. So uh, you you are back. You, you moved from the city of Laredo back uh, to to home, right? And um, can you tell us a little bit about uh, if we still have you there, Teclo? Um, I can if you can. can oh, okay, yeah, good, good. Um, tell us a little bit about what you're doing these days. Well, uh, you know, Mission Corporation is is the city of missions economic development arm and uh, we um you know we are we're charged with uh creating jobs creating opportunities for investment and for enhancing the workforce and so uh we um you know we're we're right there snug against the against the real grinder which you know very well kevin and we're working to to do those um we uh on the trade side uh, something that you would be interested in is that we um Mission is a co-owner with the city of McAllen, also in the Rio Grande Valley, of a bridge, of an international bridge, which up until now has not carried cargo. But within 18 months, it'll be cargo ready on both sides of the border. Uh, we're, we're building inspection facilities, and we're really looking forward to uh, increasing those opportunities for investment and trade uh, once, that, once, that, uh, once those facilities are opened up. 
So when you're talking about mission and the the, the trade bridge there, where's the natural corridor down to uh, facilities in, in Mexico? Great question. <clears throat> On the U.S. side, is um, it's I-69, um, which is in the process of complete uh, uh, and otherwise it's US uh, 281 which connects um, San Antonio to the Valley and Corpus Christi um, and of course I-69 ha- is kind of a, a triple uh, legged uh, interstate which is being completed to Laredo uh, the, the Valley and uh, well to McAllen and, and Brownsville and then leading up to Houston and then all the way up to Texas and you know Tennessee and Indiana and so that that is the connection on this side, and on the other side, it's uh it's it's um highway highways that connect Reynosa, which has about two hundred plus kilodoras, uh, to Monterrey, and another highway uh one hundred one which goes uh along the east coast and and connects to San Luis Potosi and Querétaro, who are both uh really important uh, areas for trade uh, and manufacturing. And I, I know San Luis. Potosi, uh, you, you were done at a conference there. I, I know that's big in the auto manufacturing game. Uh, before we talked about the conference and kind of the, the thoughts on the ground right now, Macadores, can you explain that term to, to our listeners and viewers out there who aren't familiar with that? Sure. And Maquiladoras are, are twin, part of a twin manufacturing concept where um, one aspect of a product is, is manufactured or assembled in Mexico, and and a second half of that product is is uh, finished or or done in in the, um, on the U.S. side, and so uh, Reynosa, Ciudad Juarez, across from El Paso, and and uh, and Mexicali in, in California, uh, and and in some regards Nogales all have heavy maquiladora presence, uh, and. Uh, it could be anything from electronics to I, I ran across some folks the other day from from uh, Under Armour that they're producing a lot of their uh, product in in Mexico. Uh, I came across another another group from uh, from Great Britain that are producing uh, electronic parts for vehicles um, uh, on the on the on the Reynosa side. So it could run anywhere from auto content to apparel uh, to uh, to electronics like TVs um, or et cetera, uh, you know these these plants that that hug the border uh, count on the U.S. side for support and help and logistics, and and then the U.S. side primarily uh, counts on those fact on those factories to uh, to do the manufacturing on the Mexico side, and it's been working well for many many years. Uh, if anyone wants to read more about it, the the Fed, the Dallas Fed, has several papers on. Um, and explanatory uh, issues out about how the Maquila system works, and uh, it's certainly been beneficial uh, to us in the in the in the Rio Grande Valley. It's it's interesting. It's been a few years since I've seen the the, the graph. I think it was in the Wall Street Journal. Um, but you know, you take a, a normal auto part or a, a car, and the, the 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 pieces are manufactured in the U.S. and Canada, in often cases, into Mexico, back into the U.S., back into to the Mexico. Um, and, and, you know, certain parts and, and systems might cross the border several times before it's a finished good and ready for sale. Right. Yeah, that's, that's exactly right, uh, Kevin. And, and that's all part of the beauty of having these uh, free trade agreements with Mexico uh, is being able to, for uh, 
industries like the auto manufacturers to be able to leverage uh, the freedom and the uh, the capability of both countries to get the products uh, done that they need. And so auto is one of those. And and, and you're right. Sometimes products will cross uh, several times across the border uh, to finally get to their finishing point. It could be a carburetor. It could be a, a uh, an alternator or a car seat or whatever that might be. And it does cross quite a few times. Yeah, it's, it's always interesting that how that happens. Uh, so let's go back to San Luis uh, Potosi. You went to a conference down there. Uh, what are some of the key takeaways? What was the conference about? Um, and uh, kind of how does it fare for trade? Well, one one key aspect, Kevin, and I invite you to come with me the next time I go was was the uh, was the chilaquiles or unbelievable. And I know you like that dish, <laughs> and uh, I, I do. Invite you to come down. <laughs> And, and get the real stuff. <laughs> uh, uh, joking, joking aside, uh, Kevin, uh, you know, uh, San Luis is a very impressive city. It's located in central Mexico in the high desert. Uh, it's near the Bajillo, which is, includes Leon and, and Querétaro, who, uh, you know, do a lot of production. You know, San Luis reminds me of a, of a smaller uh, Monterrey uh, in terms of production. Okay. They uh, located there are, uh, is the BMW auto plant a GM auto plant, a Cummins diesel um, plant, uh, and uh, folks like Goodyear and uh, Continental all have major facilities. There are maybe maybe, uh, a couple hundred uh, tier one and tier two suppliers, steel manufacturers, aluminum manufacturers, uh, and and on and on. And uh, the prosperity is easy to see around around San Luis. I mean, you can tell uh, how these uh, manufacturing plants have really brought the city up in terms of uh, into Mexico's middle class or even better. I mean, it's it's not it's not rare to see Mercedes and BMWs and GMCs uh, pickups uh, all around the city, you know, at one of the seems like a hundred coffee shops that they have in San Luis. And and uh, I mean, our hotel, just to give you an idea, was right next to uh, a Sam's and a Costco. Um, and it's just like, you know, U.S. style. Uh, man, the city's not lost its charm. Its downtown is unbelievably uh, well kept and historic uh, from the 1800s, and the buildings are incredible. But the opportunities that San Luis presents, Mexico is really wide, riding that wave of, of nearshoring and new investment. Uh, it really is incredible. And that conference was based on, uh, you know, nearshoring and 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 an auto summit. And uh, man, it's uh, it's very impressive. Not that it's not that I should be surprised because San Luis has had a long history there, but it's really in a good position uh, geographically and uh, and within the industry to capitalize on the skilled workforce that it has, the eight to ten universities there in town, and uh, man, uh, it was something else, Kevin. I, I really wish you could see that because it among, among Mexico's uh, cities, it, it it is impressive, and and the more you. <clears throat> The more I go there, the more I see more American investment and even more foreign investment from, from Japan and in Korea as well. Uh, and, and by the way, there's so many G- Germans in town. There's, there's a German uh, uh, chamber of commerce in, in the city. Uh, a German chamber of commerce. So, so you compared it earlier to, to Monterey, St. Louis, to, to Monterey. And I, I have never been to St. Louis. I've been to Monterey. 
Uh, does it remind you, it, you described it, kind of what I remember Monterey being, do you, and that was maybe 10 years ago that, that I went to Monterey a few times. Do you, it, does it give that sense of a feel and, and look and both on the business side and the cultural side, like Monterey did maybe 20 or 30 years ago? And you can see that for, you can see it turning into the, the next Monterey. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't go, I wouldn't go as far as to say that. I mean, Monterey is certainly a, a city of uh, enormous size and, and stature in, in Mexico. And it's becoming sort of a, a world class city. I mean, with its airport flights to Europe and Asia. I mean, San Luis is nowhere close to that. Uh, but maybe, maybe it, maybe it, uh, it was Monterey or it is Monterey from 20 plus years ago, but with all the new advancement in technology that, uh, that Monterey didn't have back in the day. I mean, Monterey's mm -hmm. metro population is about, you know, 4 million and, and San Luis is in a 1.2 million range. And so it, it, one advantage it has is, is smaller and it and it's tidy and it's more manageable. Traffic is not um, terrible, not not yet, <laughs> and and it's growing, it's growing <laughs> quickly. But uh, yes, it does remind me of something like that. Uh, but certainly um, not comparable yet to, to Monterey. But it can definitely hold mm -hmm. its own for a smaller city. Oh, very good. Um, so as we're, you're talking about German Germans in town, um, and, and that's something that, that I've been hearing about, that there's a lot of outside investment coming into Mexico, not just, of course, from the United States, but from both European countries and in China and, and parts of Asia, too, are all building factories and plants in, in Mexico. Is that is that the sense you're getting as well? Uh, yes, sir. I mean, that's, that's exactly what we, we saw and we've seen. And uh, just about anybody around Mexico will tell you uh, that that is exactly what's happening. And Mexico is also aggressively seeking this investment uh, from multinational companies um, uh, that are heavily invested in, in Asia, not to shut down their operation in Asia, but to nearshore or open uh, other uh, facilities in, in, um, in Mexico. And that's been widely reported by Forbes and the Wall Street Journal and New York Times and certainly the Texas papers. Uh, and so it's definitely a phenomenon that's really incredible to watch. And what what the message here um, uh, for us along the border and in Texas in general, Kevin, is, is that it's it's almost too late to get ready. Uh, we, we should have been ready. We have to uh, move very quickly to handle all this new uh, production in Mexico. And, and it's and it's almost kind of, we'll have to like, you know, five years from now, look back and go, hey, what happened? Because Mexico is quickly transforming into this humongous manufacturer. They've always manufactured things. But at this speed, at this at this rate, it's just really incredible uh, what we're seeing, uh, whether it's Aguascalientes, Mexico City, the state of Mexico, uh, Toluca, uh, Monterrey, and certainly Governor Garcia and, and Nuevo León, who I've met with a few times. Uh, and I guess we lost a Teclo there. Are you back? Yes, I'm back. Sorry. Oh, there we go. I was mentioning, I was mentioning that, um, governor Garcia from Mobilion, which is a state that Monterey is in, and certainly has been very aggressive in his, in his, um, uh, effort to, uh, bring industry to Monterey, you know, such as, you know, the gigafactory that, 
that Tesla is going to build their battery factories, other manufacturers from Korea, uh, Japan, uh, from Europe. Uh, he's really been on the ball. Mm -hmm. deserves a lot of credit for that. Um, and so, uh, yes, to your answer, you can definitely see the transformation happening in Mexico. How about on this side of the border? And I know last time we spoke, it was, it's been a few months, um, but each time we spoke, it was, it was about building up and construction and catching up on warehousing and, and facilities on, on this side of the border to, to as, as you said, to, to handle the, the capacity that's in the, the new trade routes that are going in, in this nearshoring um, near shoring trend. How's that going so far? Like like down all along the the, the border, uh, new construction for warehousing space. Kind of what's what's the state of that right now? Well, <clears throat> I can speak to the Laredo, the Rio Grande Valley. I'm not sure about El Paso, but in Laredo um, and the Valley, our vacancy rates are about one percent for Grade A. You know, uh, logistics warehousing, mm -hmm. which is just incredible. Uh, Laredo is building as fast as they can. Um, and in the Valley, uh, we need more uh, private sector investment to into logistics uh, and light manufacturing uh, buildings and warehouses because it's just not happening. And at one percent, you know, we're we're going to be at the at the um, in a in a very tight situation. Even at one percent, we already are, but we're going to be in a situation mm -hmm. where where we're not going to be able to recruit with confidence because of uh, these warehouses that. Um, that don't exist, we're going to need them. You are uh, going to need we're them. We're going to need them. Mm -hmm. Go ahead. No, we're going to need them, or otherwise we're going to risk uh, turning down some of these manufacturers that need space. Uh, if someone came to me today, Kevin, and said, hey, I need 200,000 square feet in the Mission McAllen area, the answer is we don't have it. We're going to we're gonna have to get it built. Uh, Laredo is in a similar situation. Uh, so... Um, you know, these, these warehouses are, are being built as fast as possible, but in some cases, we're not getting the, the notice or the investment from the private sector in order to get these going. And I'm, I'm making my appeal to, to the private sector to, to look at the Valley again, to look at Laredo again and invest in those, in those uh, kind of warehouses that, that we need. And you, you mentioned, you know, at the very first of the call, um, you, you mentioned that the new bridge going in in or around Mission, and during, you know that that crossing, that's just going to to increase demand for warehousing space. Uh, it's it's going to accelerate it, right? If if you're playing catch up right now, then once that opens and that's functional and and, and working, um, it's going to be off the charts demand for for warehousing space and, and manufacturing and and all the other infrastructure that goes into it. Oh man, Kevin, you're exactly right. And that's why I'm I'm doing my pitches around the valley. I'm going to California in a couple in a couple of months. I'm going to be in Austin uh, next month. You know, making this appeal to try to grab the notice of developers to say, "Hey, look, we're at one percent vacancy with with cargo on its way." I mean, right now is the time to invest in this area to handle all the, the really the tsunami of trade that's coming our way. I mean, there's no other way to put it. I, I you know, I, I can see it in San Luis and Monterrey and other places. It's on its way, and we got to be able to handle it. Uh, I mean, we we all know what it, what happened the last time we had a supply chain issue. It really bogged down the economy. We certainly don't want to happen that to happen again. 
I, we, we really don't. And I, I think there, there's a lot of confluences of uh, variables coming together, right? You know, strict uh, supply of warehousing and, and the infrastructure in, in South Texas. But this overall trend, because of that supply chain disruption back in the, the pandemic in 2020, 2021, uh, there, there's a real trend. I see accelerating of nearshoring, reshoring, uh, you know, certainly back to, to North America and you know, there, there's probably demographic factors in play as well, but the, it's this uh, this perfect storm almost uh, of bringing everything into maybe another supply chain disruption because everyone's jumping in uh, to to this trend all at once. You know, uh, Kevin, uh, when I was in Laredo uh, just over a year ago, uh, we were at a record two hundred and thirty uh, two hundred thirty four billion dollars in trade, and at Last year, Laredo did $300 billion worth of trade. And then this coming year, they're on pace to do more than that. And, and they're moving 20,000 trucks a day. They're at, they're at a complete saturation. And my friends there are doing uh, you know, the best job that they can. But um, we, need a, we need a help. We, uh, Eagle Pass needs a bridge. Uh, we need ours to get up and going as fast as possible. Uh, we need to provide alternatives to be able to handle all the trades that is happening now and that's going to come. Um, and so, uh, you know, there is, it is a confluence. It's a, it is a perfect storm. Uh, and these, this perfect storm is they're creating jobs. Uh, they are leading to more investments and this is good for the state of Texas. Um, not just for the Valley. I mean, most of our traffic goes to Houston and DFW and, and most of Laredo's traffic does the same. Uh, so it's not just us that are benefiting. It's, it's the produce that's coming from central Mexico. It's the auto parts. It's the Legos and the Oreos that are coming from Monterrey <laughs> into the U S. Uh, so it, it's a lot of different things that are happening. I mean, I, I joke about that, but you know, you know, Barbie is one of the biggest movies in the, um, in the U S right now, if not the world, mm -hmm. well, Mattel has a humongous factory in Monterrey where they make most of their, most of their Ken and Barbie dolls in the U S and North in South America there. Same with Lego, right? Lego super hot toys, but then they have, uh, they have their production facilities for the Americas in Monterrey. Uh, and, and they most, most of those toys get moved at the Laredo on truck. And so, uh, you know, these trucks, uh, and these companies depend on a good chain supply system, good transportation system and, and ease of ease of flow at the border. And so I think that we're not just doing this for governments. We're doing this for the private sector and consumers. And that's really important to understand. It is. It is very important. You're a busy guy uh, driving all around. You're going to be busy for the next few years uh, getting the, the infrastructure up and getting the economic development uh, down into the, to the valley and into Mission, uh, just like you did in Laredo. Uh, thanks for joining us today, Teclo. And, um, you know, if any of our audience and viewers um, want to to reach out, you're always on LinkedIn, Teclo Garcia. Yes, sir. And, um, yeah, again, thanks. Yeah, Kevin, always good to be with you. Uh, we know I-20 is important for trade. I want I-20. I want to be on the lookout for you. Uh, see if there's anything else we can see. Will do. Thank you very much, Teclo. Okay, take care, Kevin. Thank you. You too.
And those Teclo Garcia, he's the CEO, uh, Mission Economic Development, talking about the border. Exciting things going on there. Um, I, I think that's one of the going to be the, the driving trends over the next decade or so is uh, a move closer to home, whether that's reshoring back here in the United States or back to North America. I think it's uh, it's going to be the next big thing in supply chains. Um, I, again, uh, did did another uh, cross-border kind of U.S.-Mexico-Canada episode, audio only with IGL Logistics. You can find that on our podcast. Also talked to the guys over at Freight 360 and Pulpo sat out on the podcast channel too. We talked about customer churn. It was a great, lively conversation because that's one of those things you just can't control for the most part. You can do your part, but there's a lot of different things that go wrong. Um, but that's going to wrap it for this week. Uh, put that coffee down. We'll see you next week, Tuesday, 12 p.m. Eastern Time. Until then, take care. Make some origin. Make some sales. I got friends only want to talk business. I got expensive because when is expensive. I got expensive because when is expensive. I've been paying all the work. And I've been shutting down the stars.